0: Love Radio. I don't know what it is with this intro, man. What's going on, my Nation? We're live with another episode of the Rose Podcast. I'm a little late here, expecting this intro to kick in, but of course, like usual. We got
1: issues, man. Hey, but well, we're both here. Look, that's, that's what count. That's we, we need that drop, though, bro. <laughs> Wait, I just want to know. Just tell me. You okay, doing it or not? Okay. I'm going to be around the basketball team Friday and Saturday. All right. If go. I don't get it, then I ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's going down, people? Man, uh, this seems like ever since tip-off on Saturday or kickoff on Saturday, it's just some back-to-back games, back-to-back things going on. Lots to talk about. So much basketball, a little bit of football to wrap up uh one more game and then we'll do a full wrap up of the season next week. But so much to talk about, man. And uh you got to see a little offense last week. That was probably exciting to see uh, yeah. uh some points on the board He's out there
0: watching uh Oregon and, and USC out in Eugene, Oregon this week and that is definitely awesome, man. We usually do a Notre Dame trip every year and it didn't work out this year. But uh you know, more than anything I'm just always amazed at the support and the tradition that these schools have, man. The the, the crowd, the you're talking Whatever I think sixty some thousand out there, in no New matter if they're at, seven uh, and in three. stadium man, and they're they're standing up yelling every single play, I mean, it's just it's crazy to see you know, and you wish you could have something like that here back home, but um we'll get into that, I guess we'll get into <laughs> that, man, but yeah, man, a whole lot of news going down this week, especially in basketball, All of a sudden, you know you get a few injuries and it's starting to feel like football out there, man
1: yeah. uh Tev goes down, Brodericks goes down, Matt goes down, um just. Damn injury bug slipped somewhere in the back door of the Haskins Center. The and Haskins I mean, Center, or just in the water
0: at UTEP, or something. Yeah. man, because I don't know what's going on. But um, let's start off and talk a little bit about what we know about these injuries. Obviously, um, the biggest one I think at this exact moment. I, not, not that none of them are are any less serious, but Roderick Jones—that's the one that's everybody. That's on everybody's mind, you know. Brodrick's down, according to uh, Bill Knight out there at the El Paso Times, talking about that he's got a torn meniscus. And that he will undergo surgery. But apparently the trainer, which is, is it Juan Cordova? Is that oh, it? Tony. Tony, Tony Cordova. Cordova. Tony Cordova out at Utah has said that if, uh, if, if it's just cleaning it out, that he'll be out three to four weeks. Best oh, case best scenario. Best case scenario, he could be back in three to four weeks. But if it's more than that, that he could be out three to four months. And in all honesty, uh, considering it's a torn meniscus, I mean, we don't know how badly it's torn, but... If it's torn, it's probably not just going to be a cleanup. You know, yeah. we can probably uh, expect him to be out at the at a minimum. I would say four to six weeks at a minimum.
1: Yeah, he went but, down immediately. Like immediately, like, there was no. And obviously, I all. wasn't there, but it like, was in a non-contact. Yeah, yeah, he was going for a, it. Was like kind of around the free throw line. Long rebound goes up. He landed didn't land awkwardly at all. He landed kind of you know naturally, but you know something must have gave on that. And, and the way the way because his momentum. Obviously, he's a tall guy, so he's a little top heavy. And that momentum carried him, and it just, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, he tried to get up and, and go. He when he was down, he was down. And talking with Regal and Minor, they are and Minor They sit, you know, behind the UTEP bench, yeah. and they heard him scream. Like he was that 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 man. I feel for that kid because that was, you know, it was it was almost you almost want to call it a freak injury, but you know, three out of ten times, two out of ten times in college basketball, high school basketball, that type of stuff happens on those type of plays. You can't really avoid that. You know what I mean? He was going hard. And not only that, but he's really come into his own the past couple of games on the defensive end in terms of using his length, being in tune, maybe not so much physicality, but just being able to use his length and understand how that can help this team defensively. And that's really what hurts me the most is to see this kid. And another thing, you know, he was that, the four-star guy, the kind of the, the, the crown jewel on this recruiting class. But he's came in and he hasn't had any type of entitlement issues, none of that. He's come in and worked, he's played behind Paul Thomas in a sense. And you gotta give that kid a lot of credit for that because was, you know, you don't see that every day with these four star, five star kids. They come in with some sense of entitlement. You don't see that at all from Buddha. This is a damn good kid and it just really honestly, from a fan standpoint, not talking Alex the reporter, it breaks my heart to see that happen, man. Right? Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean you never wanna see that happen to any player, but especially when you're when you're on a team like this um you're already down you're already down you know some of your best bigs and and you don't really have a a, a thin front line as a thick front line as it is so it just it's it's tough to see a guy go down period but man this one hurts more than more than any other and I think he had kind of stepped forward um when you talk about him and Paul Thomas I think he had kind of took taken maybe a small step but I think he had kind of taken a small step forward and was probably looking at more more minutes as the season progressed.
1: Oh no! Not but not but bad. now
0: that just you know we were talking about it a few a few or maybe it was last week. Last week, believe, I'm not sure talking about um, the rotation and how many guys are going to have to be playing with this team. And uh, you know these type of injuries are, are basically forcing you into a eight or nine man rotation because now you don't have that tenth, 11th, 12th guy down the bench. You know Tevin Caldwell to get into some of these other injuries mm-hmm. went down with a concussion. Now he's been uh, cleared for for I guess practicing, but he's still not cleared to play. He should he could be back as early as Friday. should be back. Um, Matt Wilms underwent a CAT scan on his foot, and uh, was it a CAT scan? Is that right? CT. not a, I'm not a medical genius. i just doctor. some Doctor. PhD else. <laughs> or something. No, but um, Matt is another injury, man. That's big because we all we've all seen that he's been trying to battle through this for months now, really, and um. It, it, we just, it was unclear coming into the season exactly how long it w- he was going to last. I mean, we, we figured he wouldn't get very extensive minutes, but either way, we didn't know. It was kind of known that at any point during the season, like, he could have an aggravation of the injury, and, and it was over yeah. for him, and it's kind of sad that for him, you know, a guy that's kind of battled this injury going back to last season um, is just still fighting it, and he, he wanted to try to play through it. He wanted to skip surgery, but is looking like it's pretty much catching up to him, and I, even though maybe they're a little optimistic out there at, at UTEP, I'm not too sure that he will be back this season. Um, and more than anything, it's just not even worth it at this point, you know, to continue to aggravate that injury. It's like you got to let it heal, or else you're just going to cause more problems down the down the line. And and so we'll see what happens with Matt. But you got a few guys out now, and and the the thing that that does is as you talked about on minor rushes, it will allow. Floyd to kind of tinker with these lineups and get some other guys in there, get them minutes messing around with these, with different sets and see what, what works the best.
1: Yeah. And we won't, like I wrote also, we're not going to see the full card of debt tonight. I mean, that, let's just get inside. We just we to get the Florida A&M preview out of the way. It's just one of the worst teams in college basketball. You're not, you may see in certain segments tonight, some of these lineup things that you're, that, that he's going to want to do. Um, But he he basically flat out said it after the game on Sunday. They're going to have to. And really the main reason why is because of the way that the game is being officiated. That's the big reason why we're seeing Floyd talk about having a guy like Flaggart to come in and be that fourth extra guard, uh, even running Terry Wynn at at the five. And this is stuff that we talked about, you know, even before the season started off season podcast is, you know, would this team adopt that four guard lineup, we, could we see Terry Wynn even playing center? Could we see a, a Paul Thomas? That'd be crazy. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was. It, we, we've been talk, you know, that was kind of you know, us, you know, trying to kill time in the offseason, thinking outside the box, because we realized that the front court depth wasn't going to be there. And now with these injuries, it's definitely not there. So it's going to be interesting to see not only tonight, but particularly Thursday against Southern Illinois. I haven't really looked at them, but they played they, – they beat this Florida A&M team by 30 points, 81-51. That should tell you a lot. You know, that's a team that's traditionally the Salukis, everybody knows. So they're going to be probably the best competition we play. And that is where it's going to come in the in, in play of how to protect guys like like Wilms, or not Wilms, how to protect guys like Bent. how to protect Paul Thomas, how to protect uh, Terry Wynn in there. Because the way the game is being officiated, both games that Terry Wynn has played, he's picked up two fouls within his first two to three minutes. You can't have that. You really can't have that. Now, when you have your full battery, this is that's why he's maybe in the game, to give up those fouls, you know, to work some type of rotation. But it's just gonna be difficult for this team if it gets into that where a team is just pounding them defensively, pounding them offensively in the post. And not only that, but you figure when you have those four guard lineups with Terry Wynn in there, we're gonna see a lot of zone, which means we're probably gonna give up a long rebound or two per possession. And it puts you at a bind where it really puts pressure on these guards to take care of the basketball, to not give up possessions themselves and be able to convert efficiently, convert efficiently. So it, it's really, it's a great start to the season. You know, you, you, you've, we've played pretty much cupcakes so far. Guards have looked great at times. The big men in the front court have been tremendous at times we've seen drop off. Now when the competition level rises, what do you see happening with this team? From what you've seen and what you've read, you know what's happened over the weekend. This development that seems to be great with the guards, but you know the front court is just you know a big enigma right now.
0: You know, starting off with Southern Illinois. I mean, I'm sorry with Florida and M. I don't know a whole lot about them, but like you said, you know they're kind of filling in this cu- another cupcake spot for the miners. So I don't know what to expect out of this team. But going forward beyond that, and another thing with Southern Illinois. Um, I keep mess, mixing them up with Floater and <laughs> M, you know, they're not a big team either. Nah. So there's not going to be, we're not going to be really tested down though. Yeah, but, time. but moving on to Southern Illinois um, and beyond it's the one thing that I really did notice. And the really thing that kind of just caught me was, was the way we're, we're going to have to play much faster. And I mentioned that to you, I text you and I, you know, and I was just following the games on GameCast and whatnot, because I'm out in Oregon, but you know, it, it, it's good to see th- this team at times kind of just get on these runs And open and create some space for themselves because that's really what it's going to take, especially in these contests where they're not going to be able to match up defensively as well. They really have to get out and get other teams out of their flow, out of their rhythm and play up to their tempo, up to the minor's tempo. And we've got the guards to do it. And and a lot of times it's going to depend on if shots are falling or not. You know, right now. It was a breath of fresh air to see – I was really concerned as to whether or not Irvin Morris would return the same player that he was last year. And so far, he's better than he was last yep, year. Yep, and so it's it's really nice to see him complement the one and two of Artis and Lee Moore. You know, now you've got a third guy in that. So you've got three definite scoring guys, you know. And and um, they're, they're going to have to go small, but they're going to have to play to their strengths, which is their guards. They're going to have to play a lot faster, get up and down the court, make teams move, get them out of position. Take advantage of fast break points, you know, attack the rim to, to be able to get teams into foul trouble. And we're just gonna to have to stay out of foul trouble because we just don't have the bigs to compete against against larger teams. Now looking at at uh, Southern Illinois, they do have a seven foot senior. So that's gonna be a guy that's probably gonna give us fits right there. They got a few in the six, eight, six nine range, but other than that, there's not a whole lot there. So um, if the miners are able to take advantage of the, of, of the seven-footer, you know, get him into some foul trouble already by attacking the basket, you know, maybe we'll have a chance to, to come up big against that team. But we're going to know a lot more about this team and what this team can do. After this weekend, when we go out and play Southern Illinois and then potentially Colorado State,
1: and then all of that with New Mexico State behind it, and then u t Arlington right behind them who just knocked off Ohio State and Memphis. So you have four big games after today today is another one of those de facto practices and you know you you brought up a great point about this team having to play fast, and we've kind of seen that get better you going back to the Texas state game, this team uT was averaging fifteen seconds per possession. 21% turnover rate and 71 possessions. Then you get – now, Texas State, to their credit, was a really good defensive team. That – not saying that they could probably slow down some of the top half of the top 25, but that's a respectable defensive team that's probably going to hold most of their their, their Sun Belt opponents between 60 and 70 points this year. That's pretty much safe to say. But when you get to where they've played against Alcorn State, 76 possessions, 13.2% turnover rate. That's ridiculous right there. Dominic Artis, a plus, plus minus of 25. This guy has 26 assists on five turnovers this year. Yes, Sports Town, Carlos, whoever you are, it's a weak schedule. They're not playing nobody. But this is what you want to see when, you, when you're playing this. When you play a good defensive team and they kind of flush you for some – early on like Texas State did, and then you get back to all four state, a team where you're – supposed to take care of business and they did in that fact because yeah, you know, it wasn't a forty point blowout, it wasn't a fifty point blowout. But you look at that number right there, and that tells you UTEP didn't beat themselves. And they didn't they didn't allow Alcorn State to come in the game. Alcorn State just cannot get back in the game because they're one of the worst teams in the nation. So that's a big growth that I that I want that I really wanted to see and you're seeing Dominic artists just really take over. And like I mentioned in the uh in, in the write-up, we're starting to slowly, I don't want to crown it just yet. But UTEP is developing that big three, like you mentioned, with Morris, uh, with Morris Moore and Artis, where it gets to a point where you can, you don't know, I don't want to see this, but you can afford for one of them to have an off night. There was a sequence against uh, Alcorn State early in the game when it was a little close. Uh, UTEP kind of got off to a slow start. Miners needed a basket desperately. And within two passes of the offense, they go on the wing and Lee Moore gets a really good looking 16-footer money. That changed the game. When you have those type of shot makers, like you mentioned, that can really alleviate a lot. And that's something we haven't had. And that's why these teams Tim Floyd had has been played in the 60s, has to keep teams in the 50s so they can play in the 60s. But now you got those shot makers. And that little sequence right there, I think it was like an 18-14 game, and Lee Moore was able to get free and hit that jump shot. And that opened up the floodgates. And that right there, my friend, is why I like this team going forward. If they can somewhat – get 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 going and that's the best text i could get
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, man. When you talk about these shot makers, and, you, and another thing that you mentioned to me, again, I didn't get to see these games, but I'm following them, and you start noticing little things, and and you see uh, guys like Flagger and Touchette kind of come up with a couple plays here and there. Those are other guys that when when our top guys have their off games, are going to have to fill some of that slack, pick exactly. up some of that slack. And you're seeing it little and, and by little. You are, you are. You're seeing it little by little. And you know what? Especially Flagger. I'm not sold yet on Touche. Yeah. The- you're right, you're Defensively, right. the guy still has to find a step because he, he gets beat on that first step, and 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 I've seen him miss a couple shots very badly, and and so I mean he's young, he's got time, but Flaggart on the other hand, he's been here for a couple years, he's got some experience, huge in that Texas he and, and he's got the size too to match up against a lot of guys in, in the type of uh, you know of uh, lineups that we're going to be running, so. I expect a lot out of him, but those are the types of guys that are going to have to come in and pick up the slack when a guy like Irvin Morris isn't scoring 18 or 20 points or Dominic Artis is, you know, you know, having a little bit of an off night. Lee Moore's not shooting the ball well. When those guys are off, it's those guys behind them that are going to have to come in. And, and I really do expect a lot from guys like Flaggard and, and Touchette or whoever else is going to come off the bench. You know, who prevents another guy that I've been a little disappointed with? And not because he's not playing well offensively. He is. He's, he's, he, well, he's probably what, averaging 12 points he's a game. 12, or something yeah. But he should be averaging 10 rebounds a game. Exactly that's what thing. you're getting to, right? That's exactly the thing. You know, we, we need to find rebounding consistently from one of our bigs. And really, it's our only big is a... Hooper, so it's got to be him. He's the only one that's got the size. He's got to be more aggressive. Experience. It, what it... Yeah, everything. He's got it all. And so, and so we really need him to step up in that aspect. There was a game when I was out of town. I think he had like eight or ten points, but he ended with zero
1: rebounds. Like that cannot. That happen. was against. I think that was against Alcorn State.
0: That that, that that cannot happen.
1: And it I don't, know, it was six, but yeah, I don't know, six boards or six points. Six boards, but he, but at that, but at the point in the first half when when you had texted me about Hooper, he didn't have any rebounds. And, and that
0: that just cannot happen. You know, especially against teams like Alcorn State. You know, you got to take advantage. You got to be able to come up with some loose balls. And a lot of the times, you know, it's just about hustle. It's just about wanting it more. You don't have to be the biggest guy out there, but if you want it more. You're going to be able to get some of those rebounds, and again, he doesn't have to have ten, but six, seven, eight rebounds a game I think is very reasonable to expect out of this guy. Yeah,
1: I mean, look when we talk about that tenacity, look at a guy like Vince Hunter. Of course, now he's a tremendous freak athlete, but he's got that extra edge on him, just for an example, and that's huge. And speaking of How Vince about
0: Hunter, thirty-seven
1: you- and twenty-four, something like that. What? League him? What? League him? What? That's all I gotta say. League his ass right Go ahead. now. And not only that, no, no he no. hit a three. Let, 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 forget bro, he, even, he hit a three from the left wing, and it looked pretty. It bro, looked he he, like,
0: he didn't even have games like that at Utah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in any in, of in our cupcake games, bro, he didn't even do that. Like, I mean, he had some 18 like and 12 16, or whatever, yeah, yeah. but, like, 16 rebounds 30, like what? 37 and 24? Like, this guy's hit guy a three. That's the most important, man. That. That's, and that's good to that's see. Good to see. Definitely, I think he'll be getting his opportunity pretty soon here if he keeps that up. Oh
1: yeah, real quick, real quick. So looking up ahead, like we mentioned, this, this Corpus Christi tournament, sort of like you mentioned, is going to tell us a lot about this team. Now, what would you consider expectations or a positive showing there? Is it winning that tournament? Is it splitting and, and playing close against? Call. I mean, what, what do you what do you want to see in these two games from this team? Because I, like, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like we've been saying, it's going to show a lot about where they're at. I mean, you know,
0: I haven't done a whole lot of of uh, research on any of the teams, you know, but it, it, Colorado State, I, I I don't know a whole lot about them, but I, they're they're not in one of their big years, right? I mean, they're, no, they, have, they, they have lost, they have a
1: point guard, the,
0: but, but they lost what's that? What was that? Big Avila season?
1: Avila. They lost that kid, And then right? they had another six seven four that they that they relied on too. They, they, but they were they're real guard heavy, sort of like UTEP. And, I don't even. But can we get through Southern Illinois? That's I know, really good. I know.
0: And I, that, that's the thing, though. I don't really know these teams to be able to come out and give you any kind of perspective on it. But I just feel like it's time for for Tim Floyd's teams to win games, man. That's all I gotta say. Like, on a,
1: quote unquote, national yeah, level, and,
0: and not even just national. But it's just always been the games that we're or that we need them to win. They never come up with those wins. You know, and and it's time to 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 take a step out in front. You know, win these games that you're supposed to, and and move on, and and you know, move into conference play with a ten and one record or twelve and two record. How many games they have? But you know, I feel like these last few years, it's like you know, just bringing up last year. You win a couple early on, you knock off Xavier, you pick up that big win, and you're like, all right, we're ready. And then all of a sudden, you lose the next two, and, and you, you all of a sudden, you're like at five and four at one point or whatever. There's no peaking point. Yeah, and it, and it just seems like it's always like that. It's always been like that with Tim Floyd's teams. So I don't know where Southern Miss and Colorado State are exactly. I know that they're not, in, 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 you know, they're not expected to do a whole lot on a national scale. So at the least, we should be in these games. But I think it's time for a coach like Tim Floyd to figure it out. To be able to come up with these type of wins and put his team out in front five and zero, all of a sudden six and zero, you know, and be able to to move into conference play with a respectable record considering a soft schedule. Now the UTA game, though, after is the one that is really a toss up for me because they've knocked. The, I mean, you could, you can could call Ohio State a fluke. Or you could call the Memphis game a fluke, but when you have both of those combined, they're obviously doing something right. Now they did lose. I was looking
1: La at tech, was La tech. There you go.
0: They lost to La the Tech road. by twelve. So, do we? Are we? Are we a La Tech type team? You know, it, it, can we expose them with our speed and our and our shooting? I don't know. Our guard play will that be something that gives them fits? I don't, I'm not really sure. I, I can't say that far in advance. But looking ahead to this weekend, man, for me, I, I really feel like it's time to win a tournament, man. I really feel like it's there's. There's there's not this powerhouse field that you know you you maybe could be in a game or whatever you're not really sure like we've seen the last three years with the with you know last seas and yeah exactly all those teams you know so you you have Southern Illinois you have Colorado State those are winnable games you've got the playmakers to to be in those
1: type games and it's going to be coaching that gets it done the rest of the way in my opinion coaching the little things that's right I mean the little things about those extra loose balls and uh, you know those rebounds free throws making those open shots, what we're seeing, I mean, the the big thing in that Texas State game, you know, we're able to penetrate on them eventually. We're able to hit some shots. They drop into a zone. Dominic Artis breaks them down and finds Flaggart for two wide open three-pointers, money. Those are the little things that I want to see, these situations where guys step up because now we haven't really played nobody. Like we've mentioned, everybody knows it's pretty obvious, but the way that these guys have been able to execute in certain situations, it just, you, you don't expect for a team like Southern Illinois to just come in and blow you out the water. UTEP is going to be in these games. But the thing with me, I just want to see this chemistry continue to build and guys yeah. find the roles. You know, the big thing now is Paul Thomas and Terry Wynn are going to be playing 20 to 25 minutes a game now. Now, it's great if they can pull in five and six rebounds a game and they can go to the free throw line four or five times. But when they get those looks around the rim, for and talking with, with a minor fanatic about it yesterday – that four-foot to seven-foot range for both those guys has to be automatic. You you, you can use a combined 10 points, uh, a 10-point each from those guys. That's what's going to separate this team from being a team that can compete for a team that's going to compete for a conference championship. That's really, I think, where we can see it. And, and Paul Thomas is showing some offensive versatility at times. I think he's starting to grasp the defensive angle, or now he can go out and, and really just kind of play instead of – Worried and thinking too much, and that's great to see it on the fly in, in, you know, four or five games that we've seen, but it's going to get tested on Thursday, you know, to play that hard. And, and one thing that that uh, I'll sit next to Bo Bagley from K, KTSM, that first five minutes, Paul Thomas came in and played hard, four rebounds, five rebounds in the first couple of minutes, but, boy, he was winded. You know, that that to me is, you know, that's maybe not really worrisome, but, you know, you've got these young guys here that then Floyd has said it, they don't really understand how hard you have to play. Now that was granted against Alcorn state. Yeah. And we've talked about how this schedule is going to toughen up. So that's something that we got to keep an eye on with a lot of these young guys. And maybe not so much. I got like Terry wind who's kind of been around and, and played a little bit and practiced hard with bang with set laying every day last year. But those are just little things that I'm looking for that I mentioned. And that's really what I want to see this weekend. And you're right. I mean, this is that time with this type of schedule, with this type of team. Somebody tweeted, or either somebody tweeted, or put it on the open thread of how skilled this team is. A skilled team, in my opinion, can overcome a front court deficiency if you're efficient in what you're doing on both ends of the floor and you got shot makers like we make. And this team has that so far. But I mean, it's like I'm beating a damn dead drum on this. That competition level is rising. And that's really the full test of this team. But we're going to find out quick because. I guess leading into our next topic, Conference USA has shit the bed. Yeah, man, it, it's been season.
0: pretty ugly out there. Um, I mean, other than, than at the top, but even uh, Old Dominion went down to Purdue and they, they didn't was, know what it was like 61-39 scenario. or something like that. I mean, there's it, a lot going on with Conference USA, which which puts us and, – and, you know, this is one of the reasons why I feel like it's so important to win these types of games because – As a a school like Utah, in a conference, I conference you say you're a one-bid league, right? So you have to do something big to be able to become a two-bid league. Now, our, our schedule seems like it may be a little tougher than we kind of originally had. It is, you know, you've got the SIU and Colorado State games, which will probably end up being top 100 RPI games by the end of the year. Um, and then that UTA game all of a sudden, you know, they picked up a couple big wins over Memphis and Ohio State, like we mentioned. So that's another game that could potentially be a top 100, top, I don't want to it'll be top 50, but, you know, they could definitely be up yeah, there, top 60, 70, whatever it is. And so these are all games that you really, really have to win in order to start building a resume towards towards the NCAA tournament because when it comes down to it, that's that's what this is all about. That's what we're looking forward to it's it's not about producing, it's not about doing well in tournaments, it's not about seeing what you've got from guys, I mean, you've got to do that along the way, but you have to always keep your eye on the bigger picture, and in a school like UTEP, in a conference I conference you, I say you don't have any room for error, you don't have any room for mistakes, and we don't have the tough schedule like last year with Arizona's, with Xavier's, with all those teams, where you can lose one or two of those, and you, you still have opportunities to make up, no, you don't in this league, so I mean, talking about conference. I mean, conference USA as as a whole, it, it's not going to be a strong league again this year. Um, Louisiana Tech looks pretty good. The Miners have looked okay. UAB is young, and and they played a tough game against was like Georgia State or or Alabama State yeah, or that was a You close know something game. like that. And that was that was, I not was Ohio State tonight. Um, I guess we'll find out a little more a little bit more about Ohio State too tonight. Yeah. Uh, talking about that UT e. Arlington win, but you know. Other than those three teams, not a lot is known. Old Dominion's gone down twice. I'm sure they'll still be competitive, but even uh, Western Kentucky
1: got blown they blew, out. By- they blew out, blew a lead to Belmont, I think it was, or but, but I think it may have been last night, but I watched that Belmont game and they got outplayed. They're, they they don't have that legit score like they did with Fant and Trenchy Jackson last year. They're a little bit down. They're going to find their ways. I mean, it's, Charlotte's rebuilding. Florida Atlantic has a bad loss to Warner. There was another team, uh, Southern Miss. I mean, we all know their situation, but they lost to a Division Three team. UTSA got doubled up in a game that they probably should have won against Central Arkansas. They looked horrible in that game. I mean, there's a lot of teams yeah, to call but, out look once at you this. get down.
0: Look at this. I mean, granted, Middle Tennessee's only 1-1, but in a conference USA that doesn't really schedule really tough, there shouldn't be seven teams at 500 or worse, yeah. you know, in the second week of the, of the basketball season or third week of the basketball season. That's, that's, that doesn't say a lot for this league. Nope. And basically it's going to be very top heavy. You've got a couple teams that are going to be up there contending, but again, as it, as it pertains to UTEP, that's why all these games are so important, you know, especially these games against uh, teams like Florida A&M last night, because the last, this tonight, because the last thing you can afford to do is fall asleep you know, come out, and you know how Florida likes to tinker around with stuff sometimes, man, and sometimes too much, and you keep teams in the game, and then, you know, in the end, yeah, Florida Atlantic, or whatever, A&M, maybe one of the worst teams in the top, in the nation, but when it comes down to it, they're still Division One athletes, and, you know, you give them a little bit of confidence, they start hitting a couple shots and make it a game, and there's 10 minutes left, and it's a five- or four-point game, a couple bad bounces your way, and and you could find yourself on the wrong end of this
1: one. You can't have that happen, you know, these are all huge games for this team, man. Let me say this about what I've noticed on that point, because that's a damn good point. We've noticed that. I haven't seen that this year at all. I haven't all. Either. No, and, right. and, and that may be because last you know the past two years we've had experienced mm. players. Now it's kind of flip-flop, where you have one-and-a-half experienced players with Irvin Morris and, and Hooper been, to an extent, because Hooper has played, but he hasn't. And I think we're, what we're seeing is Floyd just having this – mentality that let these guards just go let these guys just play yeah. we have the ability to, to make shots we have the ability to, to get to the foul line we have speed we can force turnovers Lee more is ridiculous at getting turning the ball over out, outside that three-point line that could be another thing where they're going to adjust where that pressure all of a sudden is past the three-point line where they're forcing teams to get in the offense 18 seconds 17 seconds even into the shot clock that is what I'm seeing. That you that you hit it right on the head, and I've seen the total opposite. But the thing is, it's like a damn broken record. Will that happen against a team like Southern Illinois, Colorado State, NMSU, UTA coming up? I mean, that you're right. It, you We've can, seen it, you it so many times
0: with under 10 Floyd where a team has had a lead, but we never really seem to be able to put teams away. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything, it has to do with the style of play. Yeah. And like you were talking about a minute ago, You know, in years past, it's been more defensive-minded, slow it down, uglier games in the 50s, Use our 60, physicality. Use our physicality. And this year, we don't have that that luxury, if you will. So even though it's not, you know, a luxury, in a way, it's an advantage because we don't really have to play down to other opponents. You know what I mean? We get out to a lead, and we can still keep our foot on the pedal and just keep running with it. The guys are just so, shots. That's it. Plays. That's it. And so, and so that's, that's definitely a good thing. And I don't expect them to let a team like A&M in the game tonight. But I'm just saying, you know, as we move forward, we need to be able to continue to do that because we've seen it time and time again where we haven't, and at times it's cost us, and and that shouldn't be the case. And so, you know, I don't know, man. I just I I like what I've seen so far from this team. I love the fact that Dominic, Artis, and Lee Moore are gaining a chemistry together that you cannot teach, nope. that you cannot
1: coach. You Those take, guys, they, they just
0: know where they're at. They know they 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 love playing together. You can see it. And it's awesome. Just and just wait
1: till Omega gets. And in then America. when
0: Omega, that, you know, what you know, talking about Omega, I I don't even know how he's gonna fit in, right? right? You know, I mean, of course he's gonna get, of course he's gonna get his minutes. You know, he's a good player, but I think I think he's gonna be really eased into it, and I think they're gonna kind of test the waters with him because I don't think they want, especially if you talk about in in two, three, four more weeks when he's eligible to come back. You know, if these guys have gained even more of a chemistry, let's say they go off and reel off the next three, four wins, right? Impressively. Impressively. And you're talking about big wins. Southern Illinois, uh, Colorado State, New Mexico State, UTA, you know, these games that that are seemingly going to be tough games, and they go out and they're able to take care of business and they're doing well. You really can't just go, okay, Omega's back. Let's throw him in there. You you, you can't. I mean, I think he's really going to be coming off the the bench as a a role. player and and so it'll be interesting to see how they work him in i think he will get his minutes but i think to start off they're really going to ease him into it because they're not going to want to mess up that chemistry if things are going well ah, that's a damn good point
1: bro damn good point so tonight 705 florida a&m you can catch Tysh on the radio i'll be live tweeting we'll be up on the I blo- uh, will be up on the blog on the on the open thread big week big week we'll be out there in corpus or we'll, wherever y'all want hit us up you want to talk to a player whatever we'll get we'll see what we could do out there big weekend um uh, must win must, must win, win must win always so man. early in the team, year but
0: with this team though they're all must wins man i'm telling you we just we, there's not a game that we can really afford to lose and it's obviously it's impossible to say oh you, you need to go 30 and 0 or 32 and 0 whatever that how many games are but this team just it, there's not a game that you can afford to lose as a mid-major like you take. you saw it even with a team like uh like uh, Murray State that we ended up playing last year in the NIT that went twenty seven and three or whatever it was, you know, and had maybe one or two decent wins, like a team like UTEP would have if they went twenty seven and three and they still did not make it into into the NCAA tournament. So it if it, it Again, that's what that's what our side should be on right now. I realize that there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of young guys, and, you know, now you have injuries, and Omega's not there, and, and so on. But you know what? There's still a lot of talent on this team, and there's still a lot of depth, even with the injuries. You still, normally a team, you know, would lose three guys, and they're down to five or six players that they truly play, and then they start scrapping for people down the end of the bench. Well, this team had the luxury of playing 10, 11, 12 guys early on, and then they lost three, so they're still in the eight, nine, maybe 10 range, especially once Omega gets back. So there's still depth. There's still talent. You've got to be able to come up with wins. It starts, you know, this – I don't want to just overlook A&M, but it starts this weekend. Yeah.
1: And somebody in Comfortuus, say get a top 100 win <laughs> or a top 250 win. That, I know that, that's probably not asking for much, but Jesus Christ, come on now. Damn. But switching gears to Anthony's favorite football team, yeah, should... second favorite football team. because. Yeah. You're all fired up with Romo back last week. Oh man,
0: bro. Now, I would do just to talk about that for a second. I just c I just couldn't handle another loss, bro. I mean I'm not used to this. The last time the Cowboys had lost that many games in a row was nineteen eighty nine, you know, uh the exactly. first year. And I was four years old at the time, so I, I don't remember that. You know what I mean? And I've had I've experienced bad times with the Cowboys, but this was just like it was just like slowly like every week just jamming a knife into you and yeah, every yeah. week it went further in and further in and Welcome further in Welcome to the last
1: in. 6 years of the Raider fan. <laughs> but hey,
0: you made the choice to be a Raider <laughs> fan, bro. <laughs> no, but you know, hey, I'm just I'm just happy Romo's back. I'm happy we got a win. I'm happy the 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 Panthers are pissed
1: off that they opened up as a dog. That's crazy. That that's that's uh, like a that's a Slapping the pace of the Panthers, but we'll see what happens on that one on Thursday. Let the NFL but, is a quarterback league, man. Yeah, and honestly, I don't care who you are. Tony Romo's a better quarterback than, than Cam Newton. At this point, I agree. Yeah, I mean Cam's played well, but at this point, he's playing. He's playing out of his
0: mind right now. But you still look at it, and I was surprised a, a two weeks ago when uh, when they took out uh, Kaepernick, right? When they benched Kaepernick for Gabbert, they compared Kaepernick's numbers. To Cam Newton's numbers. And I was shocked because you think this team's 7 0 at the time or whatever it was, you know? And I'm like, what? Kaepernick's numbers were better than Cam Newton's wow, numbers.
1: That's crazy. And, and you can go look at I've watched a like lot of 49er games, and, and their they garbage terrible. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it's kind of deceiving. You know, the Panthers are a complete team, but that's completely off topic there. But, anyways, go Cowboys, man. I know you love them. Closet homer, Cowboys, homer, homer,
1: homer. homer, homer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your football team, man. Look. I was out at the Oregon game. I didn't get to watch it, but throughout the entire game, I'm watching. I'm I'm watching the gamecast, of course. I'm I'm paying more attention. I'm still a a UTEP fan, man. I'm still a homer, so I'm paying more attention to the gamecast than I am to the damn Oregon game. But you know, this game went almost to the T. Exactly how I don't want to say
1: Anthony called it, but Anthony called it. You can
0: go back and listen to (laughs) the podcast, and I and I told you this team. For whatever reason, I don't know if I. If I'm pretty sure I said it's going to be a low-scoring game. We're going to keep it close, and we're going to lose it close in the end in a game that we just have no business being in. And and I think you might have even commented like, I don't think we can keep it low scoring. I didn't think I like thought that.
1: it was going to be ugly. I-
0: it just it, that's that's U tip. That's for I don't understand why that's U tip. Like when we don't belong, you know, we're we're there for some reason. And then in games that we feel like, oh, we can win this one, we go out and do some stupid shit, and all of a sudden we lose by ten, twenty. Points. It's just, I don't, I don't get it, man. But, you know, talking about this one, this one hurts so bad because obviously we all know we had the chance to win, but I'll, I'll let you get into it. Cause you were actually there, man.
1: It was, you're right. It was I mean, Sean Cougar almost choked my ass. Like, <laughs> it was, What were you asking him? I, I asked him about, you know, the fight of this team, you know, because it's just, it's something that he wanted to build as a program pillar. You know, I, I say that a lot in, in, in any aspect where I'm talking about youth sports, and I really felt like, you know, we we sat here and we pretty much, you know, tore him a new one last week, most deservedly, because that was just a pitiful performance at Old Dominion. But for some reason, this guy just gets these guys ready to play. I don't know what it is. Now, I at, I, home. at home, yeah, yeah, at home. Now, I, I'm still on, on the fence of, of the way that the offenses ran. Go back to this game. They were running the football well, so you can't complain about play calling on this one. The past game, the win fucked up both teams. I mean, it was, it was pretty ugly there, but there's just something, something tangible, something that he does during the week that just gets these kids to buy in. When you hear outsiders saying, oh, there's an issue with the program, and Players are leaving. Everybody leaves a program. It, it, you know, Houston lost two players last week, for an example, an offensive lineman and a, and a defensive end, I believe. You know, so that it's not like you know he wasn't running, you know, or guys were just running the asylum, whatever you want to call it. But there's something that Sean Coogler is doing that just gets this this team to react off of adversity. Going back to getting their balls kicked in against uh, La Tech and coming back and really knocking those wins. There's just something about what Cougar gets these guys motivated because they had no business being in this game, really. You look at a guy like Kenneth Dixon, who was held to 2.1 yards per carry and 19 carries. La Tech had gained 400 yards of total offense on everybody. UTEP outgained them almost by 85 yards. I mean, there's just something about this team that I just, not not about this team, but something about what Cougar is able to get these guys just ready for these type of home games. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it's really been kind of, I guess, fun to watch to see that that November kind of renaissance that we're seeing. Whoa. Oh,
0: oh, 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 Oklahoma and Iowa. I mean, Iowa was undefeated, but Oklahoma? That's top Because they
1: beat Will Baylor.
0: Yeah. But but you, you know what, though, man? I think it was Oklahoma State that beat Baylor. No. No,
1: nah, it was Oklahoma. Or this yeah, weekend, those upset. TCU, that's who it was.
0: Anyway, talking about what you're saying about Cougar, man, I want to be able to buy into that. I want to be able to say that that's the truth. But honestly, it's like I told you last week, I'm done with the guy. And more than anything, again, it's not about, oh, I don't want him coaching here. Because if he wins games, I'll shut up. I won't say anything. But the way he's alienated his fan base, his boosters, sponsors, the people that really matter to this program – it just doesn't do it for me. It just rubs me the wrong way, and I'm and, and and seeing what happened with with Garrett Simpson leave. Yeah, you know what? Players leave all the time, and we don't know the whole story, obviously. But the fact that we don't know the whole story, the fact that we've never been told anything about why, when when you go from one you know one second he's basically as good as your starter, bye. to all of a sudden he's the four stringer, and you just have no clue why. It just you, you just it just rubs me the wrong way, and and for that reason, I just. I don't buy into what he's selling anymore. And I do see this team play much better at home. And that's what I don't understand as well, because if this was a, an intangible thing that that Kubler had, always, you know, he gets him up for games and whatnot, but you don't see that every game, you know?
1: Especially on the road.
0: And most, more than anything, you know, you really just see it at home. And then on top of that, there's home games here and there, like you go back to the UTSA game where we just shit the bed. So, I mean – is it Cougar getting him up for the game, or is it maybe LaTeX overlooking a team like UTEP? Or could maybe, be. maybe UTEP kind of maybe it's the fact that he's getting them up for games when people feel like they don't belong in those games. Maybe he's selling them the fact that that these people don't think you're good enough. That type of thing to where the team, you know, really takes that and runs with it and uses that's, that as well. Kind of yeah, but true. but I just I don't I don't know, man. Like I just I wish I could buy into what this guy's selling, but I just don't. And and you know what? You look at a game like this one, and it's hard, it's it's extremely hard to place any blame on Sean Kugler. But I feel like good coaching wins these games, man. And I feel like that last drive, and I'm really? just and I'm just watching it. I'm just watching it on on you know this game cast. But you know, you're seeing the play calling and whatnot, and, and it just it just seemed like they were content to have an opportunity. And and a coach is going to especially cuz they had the ball with like you know 4 or 5 minutes left right 6 minutes, six minutes nah, left. on their own 41 it wasn't like it wasn't like there's you know a minute and a half and you're just trying to get into field goal range in a minute you have 6 minutes you know and I understand like you're running the ball well and all that and the wind's affecting your throwing so it's fine but it just i don't know it was just something about again that moment, that mentality of like playing not to lose more than playing to win and it's like you need to go put your foot on their throat you know, keep running that ball down their throat, whatever it is, and then mix things up. Use some play action or, or on downs where they're expecting you to run. Toss in some a little screen or, or something just to kind of throw them off balance, and and then maybe you find yourself down inside the 10-yard line, like that first field goal that he hit, you know, that was only a 20-yard or a 22-yard or whatever, and then it's a chip shot, and I don't know exactly what went wrong on the field goal. I hadn't seen any highlights or anything like that, but again, the play calling just seemed to be very, like, content with let's just try to get near there and we'll take a shot. And then, you know what I mean? And no. it's just, you can't play like that you're in a right. game like that, man. Let, let me give you a
1: big example especially, of Especially, especially, especially when your season is on the line. No. Let me give you a perfect example of why you're right and you need to watch the game. End of the third quarter, UTEP has them pinned inside their own five. They stop them on a the third down. Cougar smartly calls a timeout with one second left in the third quarter to force La Tech to punt in the win. Okay. What happens? We get the ball back on our own on Latex' thirty-nine yard line, but we settle for a damn field goal yeah. because it, it was the exact point that you made. It was let's just get close enough. We, you know, it, it wasn't. You didn't see the first half. You saw that pass with Kavika. He threw it, you know, on a post to Freytag for a touchdown. You didn't see that in the second half, and they had the wind when 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 that ball was when they got the field position. No, no, they didn't. They did have the win, but it switched around later in that quarter. But to start off that drive, because you had a 20-yard run from uh, bat, Batson, uh, Kavika hit Batson, put him inside the 15-yard line, and then we shit the bed there and settled set for a field yeah. goal. So you, I mean, you were just spot on from not even watching the game, and that that, and then plus there was two other drives. We held LATEC to some up uh, the six drives of the game, we held him to like 30, 23 yards, dude. I mean, there's no reason why that we could have gone up two scores after that. And that's the thing. That, it's, and it's that, not so much that field goal. It's the fact that, that we held them so far down on, on the defensive side of the ball. We could have scored twice to put ourselves up and force them to throw the what football. You to it,
0: do yeah. in a game like that. At when home, you've got an, uh, an opponent like Louisiana Tech on the ropes, you cannot just try to get by them. You have to just put as much space in between them. That way you hope you can hold on at the end and and you know talking about the wind and stuff like that you know no you don't have to throw the ball 30 40 yards down exactly. the field you can get creative you can just swing back out of the backfield or or just you know different different i don't know it's just it, 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 i'm not an offensive coordinator man i can't sit here and say like i know exactly the plays you should have run or i know exactly what you did wrong but when you see the same thing you know over and over and over and over i can just imagine how it was even more of that when you have wind affecting you and and that's just it's frustrating. You can't blame the coaches for a seventeen fifteen loss that really should have been eighteen seventeen win, but you can say that in games like that, nine times out of ten, the good, the better coach will win that game. Man, yeah. the better coach will find a way to win that game. And 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 honestly,
1: I think the better coach did. I mean, I think it, I think there's definitely in that second half they got out coached on the offensive end for sure. Because defensively, I mean. The, I don't even say it's coaching. I just think Alvin Jones and Jimmy Musgrave were just not going to let Kenneth Dixon get that record. And those two guys were to man, If you have an opportunity to watch that game, I doubt you will, but that would be wonderful to watch, to see the effort that Alvin Jones and Jimmy, those boys were balling, bro. Yeah, I mean, those are it, two that you never have to question. Yeah, and, and that was huge to see. But, I mean, it was also good to see them be able to run the ball with a patched-up offensive line. And the biggest million-dollar question is who the hell is T.K. Powell? I, I mean, know. wow, what a what a performance by T.K. This is a guy that me and Rigo from Minor Illustrator were watching in one of the scrimmages, and this was first-team defense versus first-team offense, and this kid is doing the exact same thing he did to the Lock, t- lock Tech defense. Why, why, game eleven? I you know this kid. That's the other thing, man. This, 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 that comes out That's from coaching, and and that is really what's kind of. You know the deal w- w- with this whole going back to this whole cooler thing is, I mean, this kid has talent. This kid probably had offers from smaller schools and probably could be playing at these schools doing well. Yeah, La Tech maybe didn't have game film on him. They didn't have game film on him. One carry last week, but still. Why did it take so long to put a kid that has that ability? I mean, you you refuse –
0: Kugler refuses to think outside the box, man.
1: Kugler refuses to do anything differently than what
0: he wants to do. And so when when he's in his backfield, he wants to run the La Fossa. And obviously he was forced to bring L.A. Dow, but, you know – you you're gonna run Jones and Lafossa till till the end, and and then all of a sudden, you know, when when things go down the drain, and a couple of these guys end up going down and get hurt, well, he's got to start thinking outside the box now. But you know, if you see a guy like T K Powell doing this to your first team defense in fall three camp? months ago, yeah. it's like I don't I just. Why wouldn't you try these things? That, that's what gets me the most. And I go back to Garrett Simpson. You talk about three months ago that he's, you know, neck and neck with your starter. Why wouldn't you just try it? And it just goes back to he's just too stubborn, man. He's just too damn stubborn. And that, honestly, bro, is going to lose you more games than it's going to
1: win you. So um, there's one game left then our blood pressure can go back to normal normal levels. Uh, Hey, you know what, though? I'll
0: mention this on the comment thread. They were talking about the 5-7 teams that may have an opportunity, and they were wondering if UTEP might. I don't see that happening, man. You know, if they had some quality wins, let's say, like when you talk about a 5-7 team, they're going to go look at the SEC and find a team that beat in Alabama and LSU, whatever, Whatever, you know, something like that. And not only that, the teams that are going to bring people to the stands. We've seen over and over that honestly, even though UTEP fans travel decent, especially this year, there is no no support for that team. I saw a picture tweeted out. I saw a picture tweeted out, and I think you tweeted out or put on Facebook or something that came around to me through a completely different source, right? And they're like, "Wow, look at this at the UTEP game." It it looked like there was like a hundred people there, man.
1: There was, was maybe thirteen thousand at kickoff. We probably could have filled up the Haskins Center, maybe. And yeah, it just... that's
0: and that's more than wins
1: and losses, bro. Yeah, that's more than wins and losses.
0: That's that's coming from Coach Kugler, bro. Honestly, I I place I place all the blame on him, because again, he's alienated his fan base with how stubborn he wants to be, how ass he wants to be, and and it just it it rubs people the wrong way, and they're not gonna go spend their money on the team, and and it's sad because you know guys like me and you, guys like the people that listen to this. We're we're fans, you know, and if we're can if we can make it to the games, we're gonna be at the games, you know. But unfortunately, the vast majority of the people here in El Paso or the even the the quote unquote fans of UTEP are not really fans of UTEP. They're just kind of they'll go to the games to enjoy it if they if they
1: There's not know, a family if, party or if, something yeah, going
0: if, on. And more than that, if they like approve of what's going on, yeah. really. If they if they like the coach, if the team is winning. But when things go a little sideways, nah, they're not gonna be there. And it's even worse. When a guy like Sean Coogler, you know, continues to do things that people just hate, you know, and you look at the rest of the coaching staff, you look at the play calling, you look, look at the inconsistencies in the defense and you're just, it just really, the, like the fans are are fed up with it, man. And that's that's why you see that because even, I go back to Price, even under Price when we had bad years, you know, four and, four and eight years or even the last year, you know, the three and nine year, or whatever it was, I don't think we, ever, ever underpriced had a game with as few people as we
1: saw against these Low, Lowest attendance average in eight years. Blame it on five games if all you want, but I mean, I think you're pretty much nailing that in the head, bro. And I, I mean,
0: look, man, I, I wish it wasn't the case. I hope Sean Cougar gets it turned around because there are some good things that he's trying to do, but he's got to change a little bit, man. He's got to be able to give a little bit, think more creatively, and if his if his coordinators aren't going to give him any help, then they have, they have to go, bro.
1: That that's the only thing that's i don't think he'll to- do it but you're right it's, it's that stubbornness it, it's gonna take a lot i mean there's a lot of his buddies there you don't want to see nobody get fired in my opinion but we'll see how that goes down so do you think they have one more fight left in them 80 percent chance of rain 45 degrees it's gonna be a nasty weather you don't know what north texas is what the, the mentality of that the bullshit that they've gone through the damn dumpster fire they've gone through does this team come out and do what they're supposed to do and take care of business, They able to run the football? Do you think it's going to be a close game? Or-
0: I think it's going to be a close game, man. I really do because, again, we've seen it over and over and over with Sean Coogler. He gets a little bit of success doing what he wants to do, and he thinks that he can continue to do that. When I don't think this was the rule, it was the exception to the rule this weekend with seeing how they ran against Louisiana Tech. You know, and now he's going to come back and go. Oh, well, we just ran against Louisiana Tech for so many yards, and T.K. Powell did this and that. So we're going to be able to go out and do that against Louisiana. I mean, against North Texas, even more. And and I think you're going to see again vanilla play calling runs on first down every time, and, and the defense is going to start to adjust, start to buckle down on those on those first plays, put you behind the chains on second down and third down. And this is not a team that is built to convert third and long, Especially with the even quarterback third, situation. even third and medium. And that's another thing that I didn't even talk about, man, that I, I – again, I didn't get to see this game. So, But I'm looking at the, the game cast and I'm seeing. Ryan Metz pass, Kavika Johnson run, Ryan Metz pass, Kavika Johnson
1: pass. And I'm like, all of a sudden we're a two-quarterback offense? Like, what is going on? Real quick. You know? And it, it, it didn't even take maybe the second or third series before we saw it. And it started with Kavika getting into the Wildcat, and then all of a sudden he hit Freight tag. Touchdowns. Which is so they, something
0: that should have been going on since from, week yep, one.
1: Exactly. You know, exactly. that's
0: exactly why you use an offense like the Wildcat. It's not just to run out of, but it's because it's so much harder to to respect the pass and to and to guard against the pass. But yet we don't do that until week eleven. No,
1: yep. so I mean it's I, I I kinda agree with you where it's gonna be that they're gonna try to pound the ball. I mean, they, they may be able to have some type of marginal success, hundred and fifty yards. Will they get two hundred? It's hard to say, but I think they'll have some sort of success. You know, T.K. Powell's going back home to the Dallas area. That may fire him up, have a big game. You, probably, you might get Trayvon Hughes back. You don't know what you're getting out of J- Jeremiah Lafossa because he's been banged up. Hayden Plink is out for the year. I mean, this team is just really going to be patched together, and I, I got to agree. I, don't, I think we're going to still see that same play calling, and it's, it, it might turn into one of those grinded-out games. But at the same time, like I mentioned, you don't know – what these North Texas kids are thinking about? They probably just want to get the season over with. Just like they I'm pretty sure Sean Cooper does too. So, going to be interesting. 1.30 p.m. game. That's going to be on Fox Sports, Fox Sports Networks. That'll be all around the Fox Sports Network. So. Isn't it
0: crazy that in in like the worst we've ever been, or not even the worst we've ever been, but like we don't really have much success. For, you know, we don't have a lot going for the Utah football program right now, but, like, every single game is televised. Yeah. And we've we've never had that. Like, even in our best years, we've never been able to watch this team on a regular basis. And now when people really don't care, I guess you could say, like, all the games are on Fox or American or – I don't even know if we've had an American game, right? I think just
1: one. I think one if I'm – I, I mean, I it's nice right. for
0: us. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's probably not good for the TV ratings overall. That's that, going to that, probably that, be the worst-rated team <laughs> in this college <laughs> football game. <laughs> And that's in the end what's gonna you know for future football packages when you're when you're discussing league deals with with networks you know that's probably gonna be factored in there but I don't know man I just I'm so tired of it dude I'm so I'm so fed up with football I'll still if you know if we go to a bowl game we're not going to no I don't think we're not
1: there. going
0: to no <laughs> I'm just saying like if we were to I'll be there like you know yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be there supporting but I just I'm just I'm so fed up with it already man I'm so fed up with it I don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah.
1: Just rebuild and wait for spring ball, I guess. But or no, 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 no. We got got basketball. We got basketball. We'll we'll think about spring ball later. But uh, just touch on something real quick. Conference USA, you have a you can have some big games next week or this this coming week, Friday and Saturday. Who you got? Marshall. It's to me. It's Marshall's defense versus Louisiana Tech's offense, and then in the West you got. La and Southern Miss, which could be one of the best games of the season in all of college football in my home. Marshall was in Kentucky, right? Yeah. I mean, that's – who do you got? Who do you got?
0: Well, I've been talking about Marshall since probably the sixth or seventh week of the season saying that I felt like – this week was going to be the week because I, I figured Western Kentucky was going to hold on to their top spot. I didn't think Marshall was going to end up losing to Middle of Tennessee, but in reality, it doesn't matter because it's still a de facto semifinal game. So, but I, I still do. I still think. I still think Marshall is going to find a way to win this game. I think their defense is going to step up to the plate. This isn't going to be a game where, where West Kentucky is going to be able to score forty or fifty points. Going to be kind of you know in you know a, a slugfest you know kind of just dirtied up and and turned into a thirty one twenty eight or twenty seven twenty four game and I think I think Marshall's going to find a way to win the game but um, as far as the West goes man I think this is uh, before this week I would have said without a doubt um, Latex La yeah, but cheap. you know seeing the fact that Latex was kind of exposed I don't know if they were exposed or not like I said maybe they just came in overconfident maybe they were already looking ahead to to that because again. No matter what
1: happened this past week with they those like, four yeah. teams, it was all still. And Southern Miss almost had a, a hiccup against Old Dominion, too. So. Yeah. So, you know, it just, I don't know, maybe maybe, uh,
0: maybe they were just overconfident. Maybe they were overlooking Utah. But either way, seeing mm-hmm. them kind of get exposed like that really makes me feel like like Southern Miss does have a real opportunity to win here. And so I think Southern Miss has a better defense than Louisiana I think State so, too. I agree. And, and so they may be able to slow them down. And then at, at that, Southern Miss and have a better offense than Louisiana Tech does. So if I had to take a guess right this second, I'd probably go with Southern Miss. Um, but I think that one can go either way. I'm, I'm, I am sold on Marshall. I really think they're yeah, going to I, I think if
1: Marshall can can run the full ball and, and control the clock, they're going to play good defense. That should be Marshall. But I think that Southern Miss is just rolling right yeah, now. Yeah, they are, man. I think they're just they rolling are. in La Tech. But it, you know, sometimes those bye weeks can hurt you. I think that bye week may have hurt them a little bit you know, especially going on the road, playing in a shitty weather game, whatever, I I really think Southern Miss is going to get this one. It's going to be a battle. I think that's going to be a back-and-forth game. game But but I think Southern Miss's ability, like you said, their defense, La Tech has two very good players up front, two very good players in the secondary. I think that Southern Miss just has a tremendous defensive unit altogether that can just give them havoc. It's tough to stop La Tech. But I think UTEP may have set some type of, of blueprint to help out Southern Miss. What, what UTEP was just basically, UTEP was just running safeties up on the line of scrimmage and stopping Kenneth Dixon. And, and not only that, but we were getting pressure on Driscoll and kind of forcing him out of the pocket a little bit. He really didn't have time. Southern Miss can do that consistently with a little bit more depth. I think that's going to be the, the the key. And not only that, but their two running backs are pretty special, Jalen Richard. Had 161 yards, four touchdowns last week. Edo Smith, tremendous out of the backfield. I think those guys are going to play a factor in their passing game, in keeping drives going, and not only that, but on the run. If they're able to, to and, and, and La Tech was one of the top run defenses in the nation or in the state. Or in the state, I'm thinking high school football, ball, the conference. Coming in the last week, they were exposed a little bit just by UTEP's sheer ability up front to get it done. Wasn't anything special scheme-wise. UTEP's offensive line got after it. If, if Southern Miss can do that same thing, I don't see why they're able to do that late in the game. So it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to watch. I hope I can get a chance to catch that Southern Miss game. I All right, so, who's, so so who's the championship game? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, Marshall and, and Southern Miss. And, game, and, and Southern Miss next year is going to be dirty, dude. I'm talking about a top 25 team Southern Miss next year, bro. They got, the, got the a lot of weapons right now,
0: game. and they got a lot returning. Yeah, so. uh, it, and that's the thing. There's, there's such a – not only are they rolling right now, but it's just so hard to, to shut them down because th- you, you might be able to contain one or two of their guys, but it's like when we talked about them, you know, when we were previewing them, they had like four guys that, that they can throw the ball to or pass the ball to that are all big big play guys, you know. And it's just like it, it, you have to pick your poison on what you're going to try to stop the run of the Really, they can they can exploit you either way. So I would I would definitely say that Southern Miss is, is looking real tough. Where is that game anyway? Damn good question. That I mean, obviously that'll be a little bit of a little bit of an advantage to that team, but um, but just you know, off the top of my head, I, I'm going I'm going Marshall and Southern Miss as well, man, and that'll be and that'll be a really good a final too, yeah. man. And I and I'd probably lean towards Southern Miss at this yeah. moment too, just because they're playing how, well. They're playing real well, man. Anytime you put up sixty against a conference opponent, you know you're playing well, man. And you go back
1: and you put up fifty six again. Exactly, the next I was gonna week. say you
0: do it twice, which is obviously one was fifty six, but they're just they're playing really yeah. well, man. They're playing good football. Um, I don't know, man. What else you want to
1: talk about, dude? We got well, we, we got, got a it. couple minutes, so I, w- something that brought it up on the thread about the game day experience. I've been wanting to do a write up on this, so we could spend a couple minutes on this because it it, it it this also goes back to the Sean Coogler deal, and not only the game day experience at basketball, but football too. You're not attracting that casual fan with promotions with halftime entertainment. That Sunday night game, now I get it. It's Sunday night. You're playing Alcorn State. But there was no halftime, nothing. Yeah. Cheerleaders were texting. There was no dancing performance. You know, when you have this type of schedule that UTEP has basketball-wise, football-wise, you got to kind of give something up. Or what is it? I mean, you run a business. you got to invest to make money. You know what I mean? And, and I just don't see the urgency. I think that UTEP and Bob Stone, whoever it is, is just banking on the fact that it is UTEP and that you should come and support us instead of going out there, reaching out to the community, giving tickets to schools, giving tickets to Fort Bliss. And maybe you're not selling if you're going back. You're not selling tickets if you're giving them away. But what if they had a good time because, hey, you had, you know, so-and-so entertainment, you know, at halftime. And, you know, the kids loved it. kids had a great time. You get them coming back. I
0: really don't – I really don't think it matters. Man. Nah. I really don't. Because, you know, we've seen them make efforts at things throughout the years. You know, bringing in, like, those, those dancers that, like, change behind change the clothes, yeah. You know, and then, like, the guys that dunk off of the, the the trampolines. And they've brought in different acts. They've brought in, you know, professional mascots. And the reality of, the reality of it is that this team, this, this city does not support this school, bro. That's just, that's just the bottom line. There are definite diehard fans that are always going to the be core. there. You're going to have that core group of fans. But to fill a stadium and, and to really become profitable, it's just not there unless you produce a good product. And that's tough because it shouldn't be like that. But it it, it is the way it is. And it's nothing. that's not going to change. It, it, I don't know if it's culture. I don't know if it's just a mentality. I don't know if it's just a lack of interest in sports. I don't know what it is. But really, I mean, you you just don't see that support. Even, you know, going back to the, to the um, when was it? Was it like Barbie's year or something like that? There was a like a 14-game winning streak that yeah, we went on and we those broke Barbie's the top 25. Years. And it wasn't until we broke into the top 25 and had that UAB team in here, I think is when it was, where we actually sold the Don out. You know, you, you you go on this fourteen-game winning streak. Your team is winning and winning and winning, and you still are only packing it with eight, nine, ten, and then finally, you know, you can put twelve thousand in there once you have once you have that that fourteen-game winning streak and a top twenty-five ranking. It's just, you know, that's just the way it is. And then the the bigger thing is, you know, it takes money to make money, okay? And that means you have to be able to invest money to get it back. The biggest Though is that regardless of what they're investing, they're not making enough back because you look at football. Football is the main revenue gener- generator for any athletics program, and, and football right now, when you talk about filling that stadium with thirteen thousand fans, bro, you're operating at a loss. You're op- you're loss. definitely operating at a loss. And so that affects the other programs. Now, mainly that's going to affect programs like you know softball and, and women's basketball and stuff like that that don't get a larger chunk of change, you know. But it affects all the other programs. You know, everybody has a little less. To, everybody has a little less to work with because there's just not as much coming in. And um, I, I, I really don't know what to say about that. I mean, the, the only thing that you can do, I think, is win games. That's the only way you're going to get people excited about this. This team, this program, this school, really, when it comes to athletics. And it's unfortunate. It's sad. It shouldn't be that way. But we've seen it over and over and over again. And, you know, for a long time, I, I was on the argument. You know, I was making the argument that, oh, no, like, we can attract fans and we can do things. But rea- reality has kind of set in for me. And it, it happened slowly over years of just realizing, like, this the way it is. But, you know, looking at what they're doing, and, and the person that was talking about this in the, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but, you know, they talked about, uh, um, what is it, was it T. Andre Fagan, is that his name? Yeah, the band of red. That guy went nuts, man. That guy went nuts at games. And he, he made an really atmosphere. he got the band into it, and because of that, he got the students into it, and he got everybody into it. And now, at football games, we don't even have a student section. Oh. You know, I don't know. If they leave. I don't know if they're mixed in with with the regular UTEP fans. No, they're, they're
1: they're behind the bench, but it's not. Where so are, are
0: they on? They're on the, the they're home on the side. visitors. They're on the, the visitor, visitor, visitor side still. Yeah. Okay, but you know, and and I think system. I think that kind of hurt them too when they when they moved sides, they switched sides. Um, you kind of disconnected people. You know what I'm saying? Like the student sections on one side, and the other fans are over here. But when when people get loud, it's not as loud as when you have this one huge section. And not only that, the band is on the opposite side yeah, too. So they, even if they get the fans, the students into it, the students aren't really loud enough to get everybody else into it. So I don't know. I think there's this disconnect there with the fans. And and then at basketball games, I don't know, man. I don't like I look at that intro, right, that they play and and it just it doesn't get me excited. Last bro. year it
1: did, but this year it just it, it's like Let, the same deal. I, I
0: listen to it, and you'll notice that all the calls are by Tysher, which means that they're done after That's the. It, and it just doesn't have that same, like, it just doesn't grab you as much. Yeah. That that one video I posted it on Minor Rush a couple of times of Tyshir calling the end of the Kansas yeah. game, bro. I could listen to that thing, like that could
1: put me to bed, bro. Like I could just like, <laughs> it, it, it,
0: it's it's just so classic, it's so real.
1: That's what they should be playing, bro. You and know? they have the resources, they pump out these great videos, but for one, there wasn't a football hype video. You know, I I like the fact that they do the highlights and stuff because, you know, it gives us content, you know, people that don't have minor TV, they can go go watch it, uh, you know, uh, they can go watch the highlights, hear what the players have to say. But, I mean, they have the resources. I think they have to get more digital in in these videos. And you're right. Last year, the initial video was great because it kind of sounded, I think it was uh, Hardaway to Davis. You know, but it, but it was kind of like, it. I don't know if it was Taish from actually calling it, but it sounded. But this year, it's like, like you mentioned, it's Taish recorded somewhere. They could do a lot better. And not only that, but it's the same damn intro. And and I thought that was a pretty, I thought they had stepped it up. So this year, I'm thinking, oh, hell yeah. As soon as they release that intro video, I'm putting it up on the rush. People are going to be excited. I get the email, the, the notification that they posted it, it's the same one.
0: Yeah. I was just like, Oh you gotta be kidding me, man. And, and that's and that's just like a lack of effort from yeah, the marketing department. And, kind of lack of effort. and and I just again I'm telling you, like there's def- there's history with this program and I think they don't take advantage of it enough. Especially when, in your fifth the
1: fiftieth anniversary year.
0: You haven't even heard anything about it either. Like maybe every now and then you hear something small, but there's you should be hearing that kind of stuff every day. You know, when you're really pushing something like that, you should be hearing it every single day. I mean, that's that's, a, that's probably the biggest sports moment in the history of this, of this university, man. You know, and, you, and 50 year anniversary is a big thing. And yet they don't push it. And again, that's just a lack of effort on, on the part of the marketing department. Now, I don't know if they just don't have the funds to really put out a lot of stuff, but you would think with, with, I mean, you've got different programs at UTEP, you've got students that are involved in, in, you know, PR and marketing in, in, uh, you know, design and video production and all sorts of stuff, you should be able to get that kind of stuff out even if it's done by the students. No. And that kind of would make it more real. And and I just, I mean, I don't know,
1: man. I don't like, know. Like you said, I think really the... the...
0: You could sit there and paste together Taisha's calls from a few games and use that as your intro and people would go wild, yeah. bro. Because I'm telling you, that, that like that one game, you know, and you just hear Tysha going nuts. The Miners win! The Miners win! Yeah. it's just like, it's real and now you hear him and it's just his voice saying words. And he's and
1: trying it's, but it's just not the same, it's just not the same but you know what, to end this conversation though, you hit it on the head though, you gotta win you gotta it. win and, and, and you see that 2004-2005 window when it was wild in the Sun Bowl why we're in the top 25 we're beating teams, you know, maybe not the top level teams but we're beating you know, the equivalent of a western kentucky or somebody you know in the conference so just win baby that's I it man. like out the late al david the late great al david just said win, just win and they'll come so But winning, there... winning
0: solves everything man winning oh, solves everything man. basketball and football yeah. and again like we talked about i mean obviously football's done but for basketball it starts right now man it starts this weekend you know you got to get past four day and then but it starts this weekend yeah.
1: you, you 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 beef. You, this out this weekend. You knock off New Mexico State on the road. There should be no excuse why that UT Arlington game is pulled out. Mike drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
0: bigger than that, you you start five six and zero, oh, and you win these games against decent middle mid major opponents, and then you go out and you beat Washington State, bro, and you start out six seven eight and zero oh, nine and zero. Oh. Now you're gonna start to get some national recognition, bro. You're gonna because we're not playing just Jacksonville State and Alabama State and West South Central and all this stuff. You know, you're you're gonna start getting a little bit of national recognition, maybe some votes start creeping up towards that top twenty-five, and I and I promise you the fans will start to come. But it's gonna take a few weeks for the miners to do that. The problem is, unfortunately, every single loss.
1: Is, it's, yeah, a, it's like
0: a huge setback, man. But starts Friday night. Either or Friday way, afternoon. people should be excited about this team, man, because there's a lot of talent, and it's not your UTEP of old. It's not the same Tim Floyd UTEP team that we've been used to. Uh, you know, I'm expecting a lot of up tempo, high scoring. You know, shoot. You know,
1: shots. And LA I want to see whatever, ninety to man. ninety to hundred points tonight. I really want to see that tonight. I think they can open it up yeah. against I mean, even if we allow sixty to seventy points. If we're up in the hundreds, yeah. in the nineties, I can live with that. And I think Floyd. It, it can live with that too. With this you particular should do them with, group, should with what so, Butler did to who else was we was like one forty-two to seventy. Yeah, one forty-four. I think they I got up to, I, I I didn't see the exact score, but I saw a tweet of somebody. So. Oh man! Lots to, lots going on this week. We'll be uh, posting as much as we can as and you uh, follow
0: the rush. Alex will be out there live in Corpus covering these games. Maybe hopefully being happy, not pissed off because if not, it's gonna be a long drive home. Yeah, oh, and I'll be solo. But uh. Y'all know where to find us minor rush.com, SBN minor rush at gmail.com, at SBN minor rush on Twitter and Facebook.com slash minor for the Rush podcast and Alex Nicholas. I'm Anthony Shalom, and
1: see you next week. Peace.